0: Hello, it's Danny Howe, your host of Tales from Southern Indiana, and gosh, it's been a long time since we've spoken, and I'm sure glad to be back. Uh, life gets a little crazy now and then, uh, sometimes, especially if you have if you have uh, teenagers or, or surprise relatives who visit. Uh, used to be a big thing in Indiana, you know. Uh, you never really knew when relatives were coming to visit because they didn't call. They just showed up, and they might not be relatives you liked very much, and they expected uh, to be entertained for oh, sure, at least uh, several hours at minimum, and uh, sometimes they'd stay overnight. Um, and now I understand they make uh, you know make repellents for uh, unwanted relatives or unscheduled relative visits. It's an aerosol can, you can spray it around the perimeter of your yard, and that that helps a lot, but. You know, in my hometown, there was one time a year where everybody was pretty welcoming of strangers, uh, and that was the time of the Persimmon Festival. Every little town, you know, in America, I guess other parts of the world, has what would be generally referred to as a Harvest Festival. A Persimmon Festival happens just before the end of September every year. In fact, this year was the 74th. Consecutive persimmon festival, except last year, I guess they either had it virtual or had to skip it uh, because of the pandemic. Nevertheless, um, it's a great festival as small town festivals go. The town only has about 4,000 people in it, and maybe 20,000 people or more show up for this thing every year. And it's got a lot of the usual stuff. You know, on the old Andy Griffiths show, they had the um, potato festival and they would crown the potato queen every year. So in um, my hometown in Mitchell, it's the persimmon festival and they select and crown a persimmon queen. Although I don't think they make the queen wear a crown of persimmons. They're a little sticky when they're ripe and it really wouldn't be uh, convenient or, or or pleasant and might make for an untidy cleanup. Uh, and there's only a couple of hair salons in the whole town. So, you know, you could get you could get backed up. Um, But at any rate, um, there's an annual pudding contest, and this year's winner was a first time entrant, which says something because a lot of folks have been entering that pudding contest for 10, 20, 30 years and not won, and it's a $500 prize, so it's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, I had a friend who um, uh, had many, many years been entering the contest and had not won and was convinced there was some sort of a conspiracy against his particular type of persimmon. The persimmons in southern Indiana, southern Indiana, Illinois and Ohio and parts of Kentucky, they're not like these big California persimmons that you see in stores. They're small, maybe about the, oh, the circumference of a, you know, of a, a maybe a half a golf ball or something. And when they are ripe, they are quite sweet, um, although rather pulpy. In fact, if you eat too much of a persimmon, you eat persimmons, you know, in large quantities over a certain period of time, you can get a um, a hard substance that forms inside your stomach that um, uh, is, is a type of a bezoar, apparently, and uh, sometimes has to be removed surgically, although they do say that Coca-Cola might help to, uh, to get it out. Um many of the medicinal purposes of soft drinks, I guess, that uh, at least are ascribed to them. But So you don't want to eat too many of them, and you never, ever, ever want to eat a persimmon before it is ripe. It has an extremely high level of tannins in the fruit, and it gives you this permanent pucker. Uh, it, it's a combination of really feeling like your mouth is swelling up at the same time that you really, really need to spit out a, a, a ball of super glue that's in your mouth. And so it's not a fun thing. You don't want to do that. The persimmon is ripe usually after it has fallen on the ground and sat there for a while, which means you have to kind of race the wild animals to get to it. I mentioned that in an earlier podcast episode on things that we eat in small town, uh, Mitchell, Indiana. But... The festival's a whole other thing. You know, the festival uh, is, as always, uh, features a big parade, and there are floats that local organizations build. Um, The last time I was out there, we saw a float uh, from one of the uh, local mortuaries with the undertakers in black suits standing on the float next to a number of caskets. I thought it would have been a better presentation if one of the casket lids had opened up and someone had gotten out or at least sat up from the casket and waved to everybody but they they hadn't taken it to that level i just think that would have been a prize winner and i bet they pay 500 for that prize as well in the persimmon festival and of course there are marching bands and when i was back in high school i was in the marching band kind of a nerdy thing but um It uh, always was the case that we were located in the parade behind a number of horses, so you had to be fairly adept at footwork uh, in order to avoid having to buy a new pair of, um, of those shiny black shoes that you had to wear for your uniforms. In fact, as I recall, the last year I was in marching band, we had managed to purchase new uniforms, which is always a big deal for a small school. We'd been wearing uniforms that had dated back from the first year of the Persimmon Festival in 1947. They were heavy wool uniforms, and no matter how much you might try to clean them, they still smelled like last year's parade uh, and the horses. So we were really glad to have the new uniforms, And, um, and again, on a nice weather day, it was a very special small town thing to be marching. The local stores on Main Street usually had special displays in the windows, different things that they wanted to put together for people to look at, because there's an awful lot of walking back and forth in a town where Main Street's only about 12 blocks long, and you got 20,000 people wandering back and forth to look at stuff. So when I was a kid, my father had a furniture store, and it was on Main Street, and I thought, well, we should have a winter display, and I collected stamps back then, and uh, I put a, a display in the front window of stamps from uh, Nazi Germany. I hadn't, hadn't really thought that that might have some you know reactions from folks, get some strange looks a- at any rate. Um, the um, These sorts of festivals actually, if you look up, they date back to out of the time of the pharaohs, and, and back then, of course, they were not... Uh, you know, it was just celebrations of fall. They were festivals that, in part, were designed to trick the uh, god of vegetation into not realizing that the harvesters were about to kill the uh, the, the the plants. You know, the the, the harvest, and uh, and also they would have people who would cry, weep, um, to uh, you know, to take the attention of the. Um, Uh, of the god of vegetation and fertility away from what was about to happen. And of course, fertility was the other aspect of it, and I don't know how much that's carried over. When I was in high school, I thought it must still be a factor because from September until high school graduation, our class must have thinned out by about 30% due to pregnancies. Back in that day. You, you, you left school, it's a terrible thing, but you left school when when you were pregnant. And um, I just thought, well, the timing of the festival suggests that something is going on. And, you know, I, that got me a little curious about, you know, what's happening with fertility rates out there in the years since I left. And it's not a good news, really. Um, Lawrence County, where Mitchell is located, is way down in the bottom third of counties for fertility rates in Indiana and um, i'm not sure what the cause might be maybe it's all the cement dust that uh, people have to breathe to the point where they chew on it if they live too close to the plant Um, but but you know that's that's probably something for future investigation Uh, the persimmon itself makes a wonderful pudding i mentioned this in the earlier podcasts about food i've discovered this year for the first time that one can actually purchase this pudding and have it sent in the mail to you and uh it it comes from a uh from a a little little business uh out in uh in my hometown or actually in the county seat i think in bedford um and i believe it's called uh persimmon pleasures it that sounds a little risque but at any rate uh they will ship 16 ounce persimmon pudding dishes to you for i think they only cost about eight bucks a piece that's not too bad and uh, i'm looking forward to receiving the pudding that i just ordered today because i have not had persimmon pudding in gosh i bet uh around uh, a dozen years or so perhaps so uh, i think it's every bit as good as i remember it um, not sure why they have a pudding contest so much because there's not that many ingredients in persimmon pudding there's only about five or six things if you count a couple of spices but What I have been told is that there are over 300 varieties of of wild persimmon trees that grow in that part of the country. And so perhaps the flavor of the pudding is affected by the particular variety of persimmon you happen to have access to. Uh, You know, if you have a bad tree, I suppose you could be like Aunt Bee on the Andy Griffith Show entering the pickle contest with pickles that were just unbelievably uh, horrid. But uh, I don't actually I don't know if there may not ever be such a thing as a bad persimmon pudding. That's a that's a good that's a good question. But uh, but at any rate, uh, the uh, so the, you know the old days this was a harvest and fertility festival, and now I just think that um, if nothing else. It's a, it's a great small-town experience. It's really, a, it's really a great festival. It ties in with a lot of other things that happen or have happened out there that we've mentioned in a different podcast. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a lot, it's just a lot more interesting than the things there are to do otherwise the rest of the year around. I mean, otherwise, I think the most interesting thing that I remember ever having happened on Main Street... Was when the Ben Franklin Store burned down. When I think I was a teenager, and that was a you know a lot of fun to watch. Uh, although once it burned down, there never ever was another business that came there. They just made a little park out of it. Um, so, but the festival is sort of a is sort of a regular grand thing on the scale of experiences in uh, small town America. And next year, of course, will be the seventy fifth consecutive, I guess, uh, persimmon festival. And so perhaps that's one that. That I'll try to make it out for, uh, and uh, and and see if it's just as vital and fun as it used to be, as I remember as a kid. So until next September. Um, we'll find some other hopefully entertaining things to talk about, but uh, put it in your calendar. September 21st or so, uh, 2022, uh, and we, you can all take a trip out there with me to visit the Persimmon Festival. And if you haven't been back in a long time, then you'll, I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun memories. And if you've never been before, well, you know, you might not like it, but, uh, you know, nobody knows until they try it. Until we talk again, that's, uh, that's me signing out. And again, I sure appreciate you all listening out there. Uh, we've now had some folks uh, dial in from, I guess, 30 different countries, mostly probably by mistake. But at any rate, it's fun to look at the list uh, and think that there's somebody out there in Liechtenstein who's uh, maybe uh, wanting to learn more about southern Indiana or perhaps visit it at some point or another. So take care, and I'll talk to you later.